Global Business Insights podcast from PS Learning, featuring your hosts, Dr. Charlotte de Brabant and Max Kent, bringing you the leading global experts and thought leaders from all industry sectors to give you cutting edge key insights into the future of business, technology and thought leadership. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining today's podcast series on AI and ChatGPT. And I'm so delighted to be having another thought leader on board in today's session with myself and Max, uh, a dear friend, Dario, who also sits on the SIPS uh, Germany advisory board. And uh, he's going to share his knowledge a little bit to our procurement community and uh, the community of supply chain professionals, how really ChatGPT is going to change the future of, of, I would say, all the innovations all around us. Thanks, Charlotte. Hi, everyone. Max here. Just to add to this, really excited about this podcast. Dario Kulich, 22 different roles in strategic procurement and sourcing consultancies across some fantastic companies that I'm sure you've all heard of. I mean, check out his profile on LinkedIn to get a sense of of just the sort of breadth of knowledge that, that Dario has. And really just wanted to get into this podcast, into looking at Dario's thoughts on the future of AI and chatbots and chat GPT, but really in more of a commercial sense and how that differs from being used in more of a, a personal setting. And there's lots of people using that. And then into purchase to pay and Dario's thoughts on how AI will affect the whole sourcing industry, the software side of procurement and sourcing. So really looking forward to this one. So without further ado, Dario, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Um, Thank you, Max and Charlotte. Um, Hi, everybody. And uh, thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast and uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about a bit uh, on on chatbots and uh, not only on the AI chatbots, but also in combination of the ChatGPT. So yeah, introducing myself, um, Max, as you have done already quite a, a, a good bit, um, I have around 17, so one seven years of uh, experience in procurement and uh, and purchase to pay. So across the whole board, uh, I've worked for many, many different companies and many different industries. I think just the military and aerospace and uh, uh, for ships, I have not, uh, ship companies, I have not worked yet. So um, I have really a broad range of um, of visibility of many companies' processes and and system usages, uh, and um, and therefore <clears throat> um, I'm working in the animal health uh, business environment since uh, a couple of years. Um, but uh, I'm not limited to this. So as I said, so I worked already for for many industries, and I started actually my career in automotive with companies like Ford and Toyota. So there's a bit of a ba- introduction background, but may- maybe just one thing, which is which all companies have in common. In the end, um, when it is about processes, it doesn't matter if procurement or P2P. It's um, it's always about pains, pains of, of, of users and, and people actually who are using these systems and processes. And here, companies are actually all similar same. Well, Dario, thank you so much for your time, especially in joining us today. And when I learned about your background and about your passion about not only innovative technologies, but this newly exposed generative AI, uh, open AI, ChatGPT, I got very intrigued. And to be honest, my life has changed since I found out about this incredible piece of new technology and i think i am speaking on behalf of myself and max actually at this point because each time we're just more and more intrigued maybe dario you could just share a little bit more about where this passion came from and and uh, 
and how it has affected your your job at this point? Mm. <clears throat> Thanks. That's a great question, actually. Um, <clears throat> so how did my passion started on this, or let's say my journey or mission? I think um, it started actually on the other side. So when I was myself a user, uh, a user, heavy user of systems or processes around procurement and P2P, and uh, here I, I I learned already quickly that I, I I don't like it to get just a no. Yeah. So on the question, so why do we have uh, it actually designed like this? So shouldn't it be easier the other way? Yeah? Wouldn't it be actually better for everybody? Yeah. Because uh, less less you uh, time used and so on. So these kind of questions I I, um, I learned uh, for myself very quickly. Maybe I have this uh, kind of curiosity, natural curiosity just to to uh, drill to the things uh, to the root causes and um, and this is where it actually that started with uh, logical thinking in um, in business processes where um, really logic is the key now yeah? so you drill to root causes um, up to the end where where you really found the the, the reason for something yeah? and then you put the countermeasures in and then you then you see and enjoy actually how things are getting better yeah? And this is um, this I think where my passion really comes from. And uh, here, then in combination, when I moved away from this uh, being a, just a user in a company, but then understanding all users' pains and problems and 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 so on, and this actually just magnified it, or even yeah, I would say magnified it, and uh, and 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 burned the passion fire even more. Yeah? So to, to, to thrive and to help actually large organizations, yeah? not just a not just a small group of a few people, but really when everybody is affected in a company of it. Yeah? Just imagine you have 10,000 employees and maybe two, three, four thousand are really business users. So this is a heavy, heavy number of people. Yeah? So if all of them are frustrated, this is um, this is a, I mean, the repercussions are big. Yeah? So you, you know how this with frustrations even. Yeah? So you're coming off from work, you 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 have to do this over and over again and repetitive tasks. And uh, so these kind of things um, were for me uh, key yeah? driving this passion. Fantastic. It's been really interesting reading through your profile again and now hearing you speak and, and really bring that to life. And there's this theme that I've noticed going through um, sort of reading up about you about empowering other people, empowering your your direct reports and your colleagues to to be able to do more. And um, one of the, the missions, vision statement you sent me around um, eliminating all non-value added activities for employees so they can concentrate on meaningful work and really empowering them with new AI technologies, um, especially in P2P and purchasing. Um, is incredibly interesting, especially for for all of our listeners that are really focusing on that the future of technology and how that does empower people. So really keen to hear about your story there and and how you've done that and your sort of thoughts and experience in that. Yeah, oh, great, great, great question. So um, yeah, empowering people for me is um, anyway a, a key thing in leadership. Yeah? So I, I call this leadership empathy. Uh, maybe there are also different uh, definitions definitions for it, but um, this is for me what it sums up. So really, um, leading with empathy and uh, gaining trust of the people, not just uh, on a quick way, but really gaining their trust so that they can rely on you. Yeah, so that the things you're saying, the directions you're giving, um, they're really heard of, right? And and uh, people are following because they're trusting. Yeah? They are not following because they are controlled. Right. So there's a there's a really big difference. And this this difference makes 
huge differences uh, when it comes to to results and that that's what i've seen with my with my team now so um, I, i've really i've really sorry i really built up seven a team of 17 individual experts in the whole p2p area so from an end-to-end perspective with this vendor master data controls uh, purchase requisitions po's invoices um, approvals anything so I really took here the time and trained them extensively one month long in the beginning, but I did it personally. I also hired them all personally, interviewed them also personally. So to see also that they have the same traits and uh, <clears throat> the same soft skills. One thing I did never uh, actually wanted from them is having deep system understandings and process understandings. Actually, I even wanted them to have nothing of it because uh, um, you have a you have a different base. Yeah, so. As long as you have employees, for example, you hired because you trust them, you see something in them and they have spe- special soft skills like uh, um, they don't just uh, accept a no. Yeah? So they're following up until the end and uh, they're giving great support to people by listening to them and taking the time and uh, they are becoming trusted in an organization. So these traits I actually were always looking after and, um, <clears throat> and by by then empowering this team, by trusting them that they are able to do the job yeah, without having to control their results and works. Yeah? So, for example, looking every day into their team meetings, looking every day into their um, whatever figures. So that's something what um, uh, what I've never did. And uh, I think also that's micromanagement thing is not good. Yeah? So and I've seen this empowering thing. You trust your people. We train them, you trust them now, they can run and do it on their own, but you know that they will come to you if they need you. So if they need guidance and and, and this is, um, yeah, um, I can just say and, and, and recommend to everybody who's listening now to this podcast, if you have not tried it that way, just just do it. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't uh, lose anything. Yeah? So just try it and you will see it will bring better results. And, yeah, um, you're, you're, yeah. you're reading. You're reading my mind. Seriously, uh-huh. this is exactly where I I I've been preaching leaders for the past years. Whenever I I gave a talk on how to inspire, motivate, retain our next generation of of talents, and uh, I can truly just emphasize: if you desire to to motivate, to inspire, mm-hmm. retain uh, yeah. the, the the next generation, you know, uh, Z or Alpha. I mean, right now, the, the way to do it is, as you say, um, tell them the end goal and let them figure it out. And you'll be really surprised what they come up with. I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yeah. Um, Thank you. On that point of inspiration and um, and of course, guiding and and getting influencing your your community. I was just going to ask if we go into um, just just re- reverting back to generative AI and ChatGPT. What are your tips? How could someone who hasn't had that exposure experience yet um, get get started uh, to grasp all that knowledge? And maybe you can um, share some of your experience there. Um, but but also, I th- I know that we have still a lot of people that are very critical about these innovative technologies and change. And maybe you could just mm-hmm. elaborate um, yeah. how yeah, just how they go about change. I know it's many questions at once, but uh, oh, okay. but very much yeah. first, you know, how how to inspire the next generation, and then also 
how they cope with change? Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, I mean, many questions, but maybe um, the the answer is uh, answering all of them. Maybe so. Let's let's see. But uh, let me start. Um, and and here I need to differentiate first in, uh, directly in the beginning. So Chat GPT for the moment is um, it's an open AI and is publicly uh, available and to be used. So you just have to register yourself. Uh, it's uh, for free, free cost. So I just did it also yesterday. Tried it a few times. So I played a little bit around with it. But the thing is here, um, it will stay public and um, let's say open for the moment because I don't see that corporations are going to incorporate this into their own processes and systems. You know? So connecting it to their own uh, uh, systems and so on because there, um, I can see it on my own company. There is, um, they see a risk of uh, leak pitch of own data uh, and confidential data. So I'll give you a, just a practical example. And this is maybe something what I, I always like to do this. So I'm I'm not this totally theory guy. Yeah, I like to give practical examples so that people can really understand what I mean. And what I mean is following. Just imagine you're an employee of company Epsilon and um, <clears throat> You have now not connected G chat GPT to your own systems, but your employee could use it a part of the system. So offline. No, that's so far okay. Yeah? But now he's now taking data from its company. For example, the guy is a sales manager. He doesn't know how to create a sourcing category or a sourcing strategy, let's say, yeah, in sales. Okay, but he has the data. So what he's doing now, because he might be clever, he's tech savvy, yeah, he, uh, maybe he saw some YouTube videos on ChatGPT, how it work, can work. So he goes into ChatGPT and now fills in a formulated question, which can be also three sentences long. Yeah? So it just needs to have a, a logical format and is giving this data. In. And now ChatGPT is actually using company data and then creating an example of a, a sort of a sales strategy. No, the guy is reading this and says, wow, fantastic. I just have to copy and paste. No, and here this thing starts for company actually have been already leaked data, which can be connected to the company's name. Uh, and this is also what I have seen in ChatGPT. So I can just go in and say or ask, um, hi, uh, can you tell me what is the salary of this and that position in especially this and that company? Okay, so now ChatGPT can find these information and link them all together. But if it can do this, it will certainly also find the information of the sales, the sourcing or the, the, the uh, sales strategy, which is linked to the company, right? So now multiply this with hundreds of employees. So let's see, let's imagine hundreds of employees are doing this on sales strategies, on sourcing strategies, on quality uh, information, whatever. So there's a high leakage of data, uh, which is going out into the public, can then also be used by OpenAI and is directly linked to your company. Uh, so and this is actually the risk they see at the moment. Uh, and so therefore, I don't see actually very soon that there will be an and uh, a welcome yeah, by the corporations to, hey, hey, ChatGPT, you are going to help all our employees. I don't think that's going to happen. But what at the moment is happening is that this AI um, AI technology is helping already corporations uh, in different uh, aspects. So one aspect is an AI conversational chatbot, which uh, in, a, in its purest form, let's say it's just a chatbot, can already help 
any kind of, a, uh, of an employee in a company to get an answer to frequently asked questions. No? So where do I find this policy? Where do I get this? How is this working? How do I do a ticket? And so on and so on, right? So on the static uh, level, you can just implement a million questions and a million predefined answers. So, and everybody in a company can just access it and use it as an, uh, yeah, as an, uh, as a master book, right? For, for any kind of questions. So now this is the standard, the static thing. The AI conversational partner comes where the chatbot is used also to um, to make the conversation more human-like, okay? And also to learn from each conversation. So meaning also that um, the history of the last conversation is used also into the next conversation. So the chatbot learns for the next time he talks to you already, ah, okay, um, I did not find last time this solution, but in the meantime, I found it actually, and now I can offer him an alternative solution. So just in a, in a simple way. And this can have multiple. Um, the more you train actually this chatbot in the beginning, this is important. It's not just you're switching it off on. Yeah. So you're just not switching on a chatbot, an AI chatbot, and it's working. No, that's not working. So you must really intensively, at least in the first year, have somebody who's maintaining it, maintaining it, training it, and and uh, and also correcting errors. Yeah. If, and here the AI thing is not perfect. Yeah. It of course will do some errors here and there, but um, the more errors you detect, the more errors you train the AI chatbot to understand it that here a mistake, the better it will become in the future. No? And it will remain, uh, it will need to have less and less maintenance over and over and over again. So now here, the point is, you can use this chatbot then in a corporation to eliminate non-value added activities. And what is a non-value added activity for me? So everything what an employee has to do it additionally, so everything an employee has additionally to do or additionally spend time on his normal time to run his normal job he is hired for. Okay. In other words, I am hired for as a scientist, for example, I have to sit in a, in a stand in a laboratory, I have to do some vaccines, I have to do some testings, whatever it is, uh, write also reports. And, and Charlotte, you, you will know better. Yeah? So you are a deeper scientist than me. So, But here the point is, this person should not spend 20% of its normal time with going into a system, creating a purchase requisition, then uh, uh, correcting a purchase requisition, ending up with help desks, uh, uh, talking with procurement in order to understand which material group code to be used. So you see, actually all these kind of things, they are just wasting time. They're eating up time. Yeah, and with eating up time, pressure is starting to cook. Uh, people get more and more frustrated, which then certainly leads to situations I've seen, like 500 scientists saying all at once, I'm not doing anything with P2P anymore. It's it's really time eater and we, we are here to do science. And now the point comes, we don't need this. Yeah? This is uh, this is uh, middle, middle, I call this middle age. Yeah? So the companies don't need to do this because uh, implementing just a chatbot who cannot also prompt actions. Now it comes. Yeah? So this chatbot can then be used to, I am a user, I want to understand what is the invoice status of my supplier. Yeah? So I give this the chatbot just a supplier reference number or PO number, whatever it is, what can be connected to it. And the chatbot is doing following. 
uh, my dear user, or let's say, hey, Dario, uh, your supplier invoice is not in an approved status because it has this invoice exception. Uh, please contact that person uh, or make a request in order to get this exception done. So look, already in just a, less than a minute, the chatbot already explained uh, a long manual uh, work flow, yeah, which uh, costs you up to, I don't know, hours hours off until finish because they are very manual. You have to contact the supplier, you have to contact this department, you have to talk to that person and so on. And um, that's just one example. And I can tell you there are thousands. The bigger the company, the, the more the more financial processes also are working in the background or sales processes or supply chain processes. Yeah? Imagine there are forecasting systems. Um, AI can improve, of course. But AI will not improve by just uh, putting it somewhere in. Yeah? So there must be also the right people who train the AI also in the right way. So that is bringing also the fruitful uh, uh, results. Yeah? And um, and linking this also now to uh, to ethical things. And, and I hear uh, already the last 12 months where I promoted internally in my company actually a business case for an action bot. Yeah? So the combination, what I just explained, a chatbot with AI function and can prompt it also with actions. Yeah? So either by getting status information or by letting him know, for example, please create this purchase requisition for me. So now what is the what is the bot then doing? He is connecting for you into the Ariba system, for example, logging in for you. Yeah. So here already this time is done. Then it's going into Ariba, check, so going to the right category, saying ad hoc, filling all the information, sending it out for approval, following up the approvals. So here are hours already saved just for one person. And now you have this process thousands of times per year. So uh, when I calculated my business case, and I will not tell you which exact processes these were all, yeah, but I can tell you from six, just six processes in P2P with around 2,000 users. Yeah? Um, I've calculated five and a half thousand days of non-value added activities per year. I mean, you have to just imagine, we are talking about years of work in just one year, <laughs> right? So that's, um, that's crazy. And wow. AI will definitely help. Yeah. Uh, this is why we love, you know, having subject matter experts on our podcast like yourself, Dario, because it's the difference between you see a lot of the uh, noise on chat GPT out there and other tools and everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, if you like. And there's a lot of uh, speculation about what these tools do. And I think some of the stuff you said back at the start of your, your last response there, where you're talking about the difference in people using this tool and just jumping on it and thinking it's going to do everything for them and, you know, actually training these tools to get the quality of the response and getting the, the right secure um, responses that are trained for that company's messaging, their branding. Um, and as you know, myself and Charlotte have a long background in procurement and myself with um, working in uh, SaaS procurement, P2P sales. Um, I still work in consultancy in, in uh, procurement, working with big data and pricing contracts. And you can see where AI is going to make a huge difference in all those roles. I mean, five and a half thousand hours saved is just you know, that is the sort of thing that makes all companies looking into this kind of technology really sit, sit up and take notice of what potential savings there are to be implementing these tools. But it still comes back to, I think, those those really key things that you mentioned around 
security of use. So it's having a corporate uh, source, um, corporate grade um, version of this that a company can use that's already trained for the quality and the messaging and the the marketing um, kind of tone um, and everything else that that particular company needs to use. So how do you see that working in the future? What do you see as the next evolution of this, of perhaps companies implementing these kind of tools, but having some form of training or some form of um, you know course or something that people have to go through before they're, they're, they're even allowed to use them for a company? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a long way. The the point here is with ChatGPT, especially Open uh, AI, is um, the companies first need to understand how it can benefit to the to their people. Okay, so now I give another example. <clears throat> ChatGPT is can can give you a lot of information, right? So imagine. Imagine HR is contacting you as an employee and uh, makes you an offer, right? So um, an offer where you don't have much information and knowledge about it. Yeah? So you even don't know who to ask and so on. So now you have actually access to ChatGPT. Yeah, you're asking now ChatGPT, is this offer a valuable? So you can really formulate it like this. Yeah, is this an is this an valuable offer of X amount? If I'm getting this from this company for this and this occasion, and then ChatGPT will tell you, yeah, look, the industry average is this and this, and uh, this is that. So you can now determine it for yourself. Yeah, you you get the point where I want to go to. So um, companies actually would, if they would leave it just open as it is. Yeah, as now, they would leave a lot of freedom to every employee to to yeah gain anything on knowledge. Yeah, they don't have so, and that that's another point. Many companies they don't want actually that all employees knows everything, right? So and um, it is definitely a good tool to learn quicker. Yeah, very very much quicker. So another example is, I just used it yesterday and tested it a little bit. I wanted to see what it's telling me when I'm asking after um, a correct sourcing strategy or um, how to actually incorporate procurement better into the organization so that the goals of the company are also uh, met. Yeah? So that all are working together. So here it really gave me a detailed uh, uh, listing yeah, of all the points which were needed. And um, even I, as an expert of 17 years of procurement, I was a bit astonished about the quality of what it was giving me. Yeah? So because it ChatGPT actually helped me on two things. First thing is it gave me instantaneously the answer, which I probably would have researched in some other areas, yeah? or I would have taken a book yeah? and, and uh, actually go through the pages and to, to find these. So here already is a time saver. Yeah? It is summarizing, uh, collecting, collecting, summarizing, and giving you into a readable format very quick. And um, and the other point is when it comes to the um, um, the accuracy. Yeah. So again, I'm really astonished about the accuracy of what has been written there. Yeah. So and here the, the thing is, ChatGPT gets this information anyway again from the net. Yeah. And um, if you if you had already before an, a description and explanation of a sourcing strategy 1000 times in a different format in a different words but somewhere located then it's clear it will give you much much accurate more accurate information yeah? so now 
But on the other hand, if this information you're looking for is very rare, and maybe it's just one, two, three times somewhere there uh, located in the net, yeah, then um, you have to question also if this is really, if this is accurate enough or not. But here, look, I have also an advice to every user. It doesn't matter privately or corporate user. So, um, and the uh, thing is, you have to research for yourself. You shouldn't get, take everything granted. So even if ChatGPT is giving you a nice solution, you should at least do one check or two checks for yourself yeah, to see if uh, this is really 100% accurate or if it can be misleading. Yeah. But I'm seeing the accuracy is already quite high. Mm -hmm. The point with AI and corporations, um, there and, and Max, you said it also, savings. Yeah. Uh, here is a crucial point. Um, I had a lot of those discussions in the past 12 months, internally, externally, also with other corporations, but mainly with many employees. And their fear is, as you know it, um, yeah, AI and chatbots and bots, they will just eliminate our jobs. Okay. So here, this fear I actually can, or concern I actually can, yeah, eliminate because that's not the case. The case is actually a different one. What you are doing is you're freeing up your people's time so that they can do with this time something more meaningful. And in an example of a scientist, a scientist then can also follow up then now with his more free time, maybe inventions he had on the table and he could never have followed up because of all the company pressure and corporate pressure and so on and so on. So here actually you're freeing up people's time and let them start to thrive so that they can bring wonders actually uh, you will never hear of. Uh, if you let them do all this man mundane stuff over and over again, yeah? these repetitive things. Mm. And um, therefore, I don't. I call bots and AI and all this technology an extended, extended workbench of an employee. And this is what it should be. It should be a tool set. Uh, you extended workbench, which will, which makes your life easier on a day-to-day -day, uh, work life basis. Uh, and therefore, uh, this this concept of um, this is eliminating people and so on. This must be sold differently in order mm -hmm. to roll it out more quicker and wider, more widen it. It must be sold differently yeah? so that this fear and concern from the people is taken away. But look, I'm not saying that in any kind of near future, I don't know, in a long term perspective. Yeah, companies are always trying to reduce their employees. Right. But this is this is just the time of the things. Yeah? Darry, I think you're absolutely right there. And the point that, that you made earlier, um, not just on that saving, but on adoption of P2P tools. And you you played through a scenario which I'm really used to of implementation of uh, purchase-to-pay tools, source-to-pay, AP automation across large groups of company. It's very hard to drive adoption across the end users. You get varieties of different people, and you mentioned scientists. Um, my my experience is actually working with this in universities and where you have lecturers and teachers who will maybe try to uh, give the purchase to pay tool, give punch out a go. And if it doesn't work for them, they'll drop it very quickly. And that means that these tools don't have the adoption sometimes that you really need to make the return on the investment work of putting in such a large investment. So one of the things you mentioned there that, that I think would be great to hear your, your elaboration on is, is just how 
the AI and the speed that it can um, cover and eliminate some of those manual tasks can actually drive the adoption of these tools and make it easier for the those people, the scientists, the teachers, those you know real specialists in those roles to just use these tools um, without having that pain of of going through the training of it. Um, do you think it will help with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let me give you another business uh, example. Um, and this is a widely known one by every company. And I'm, Charlotte, I'm pretty sure you know this also. Non-PO invoices. Yeah? So somebody is ordering something in a company without having uh, created the supplier first in the system, having actually created an, 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 an official purchase order with a pre-approved uh, purchase requisition, et cetera, et cetera. So now somebody did something completely off, yeah, off grid or off the line. And now you receive an invoice back which has absolutely no linkage to anybody and anything in a corporation. So there's no PO existing you can link it to, there's no requisition existing, not even a supplier created. Um, sometimes uh, you just have the name of the employee's person on the invoice. Okay, so now here it starts. This non-PO invoice process, in order to get this invoice paid in the end, and if this happens even much, so many, many times over a month, so it, it's you need to have a streamlined process. Otherwise, it's just creating a lot of manual work, tons of manual work, because so many people are getting involved, have to manual check. Um, even my team sometimes had to, over weeks, yeah, weeks over weeks, phone up the whole organization to find even a successor of that person. Yeah, you can have so many examples like, there hasn't per there was a person he ordered it, but this was two weeks ago. Now two weeks after he was I don't know laid off, but not only him the whole organ so the whole department. Okay, so now you have also the problem the old cost center is not working anymore. And 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 now how could AI help here? Actually, very good because you can use AI in order to get an automatic matching of missing MGC, missing cost center, missing names, etc, etc, etc. So and here um, every time the AI is doing it good and uh, you're just correcting but this has not done good, it gets just better and the accuracy level is just increasing. So now imagine you increase your accuracy up to 99%. This means actually there's just 1% of this complete non-PO stuff you have done before, you in the future have to manually check. 1%. Okay, so, and and uh, now out of 1,000 per month, yeah, that's not much, actually. Okay, and that's just one part, yeah, so this is one part, and here, uh, I think every corporation can tell you that this is a really tough process, and nobody likes this process. And the same goes on with supplier creations. Supplier creations can be very are very very complex sometimes depending on if you do it in Ariba or if you do it in SAP what type of documentation is needed how does the documentation have to come must must it be signed and stamped or just signed and there are so many different complexities and even here uh, a bot in, including with AI can help yeah, to coordinate already because there's so much coordination behind governance and so on and uh, controls. This is not the next point. In controls, actually, I would just use bots. Yeah, recommended, really. Use only bots for controls because the point here is 
uh, the bots will just do what you told them to do. Okay, they will just repeat over and over again what they did in the same manner of quality. And uh, there's a big difference now to humans. Yeah? So even an expert like me, um, if I'm starting to hack one month long any controls into Excel files and so on, I will make mistakes. Everyone is doing mistakes. So what these mistakes are leading then to another repercussions like your your records are not uh, correct yeah and if you are then also uh, um, obliged to sox controls it's just getting worse okay so here you have then just minor errors but you have to check them yeah? because the auditors have checked seen them they want to have this explanation and uh, yeah the bots are here definitely the future yeah? so there are a lot of things where bots and ai can help in in the uh, in the cooperation but my personal vision here is and where really an AI conversational bot, if it is really good trained, well trained, huh, can help every employee in the future, is following situation. And I'm now talking about depression, burnout, and uh, fatigue, and um, having no friends, having no colleagues on at work, being alone. Okay, so being also left alone. So it's not just sometimes that you are alone uh, sitting in, a, in the office. Yeah, you're sitting also sometimes with six people alone in the office, but you're left alone, okay, in this group. And now, what could an AI conversational bot do? Yeah, I mean, this bot, well-trained, can be a buddy, a buddy to everybody. Yeah? So especially to those loners and those uh, people who will easily get depressed because... Um, they are, yeah, as I said, left alone. Huh? So excluded also these kind of things. So here the bot can actually be a friend, a buddy, yeah? because this AI conversational thing will make the bot more and more human-like and will come over like, hey, for example, imagine you're switching off your computer in the morning uh, or let's say you want to switch it off in the afternoon. So before you switch it off, your bot understood from previous actions, from predictions and so on, and that tries to be human, yeah? asks before you shut off, hey, Dario, are you okay? How was your day? Anything happened? So now, now you actually as, a, as an employee, depending on your, I don't know, state of mind, yeah, will either sit down and talk to the bot or you will just switch off your computer because you don't care. Yes, but I can tell you there are people who, who are alone and they will take and grab this opportunity. Now you tell this bot, hey, I had a not so, I had a so-so day. Okay, you just reply like this. Now the bot says, so-so, so what happened? Did you had a bad conversation with your boss? Something happened at work with your customers? You see where I want to go? Yeah, so he's leading with you a kind of an, um, a, a, this conversation to help you to release. Okay, to release and also to get actually a bit of a help. And the help is you're just having an ear. Somebody's listening to you and somebody understands you. Even the person is not a human. Okay, so but that's the point. Okay, this is um, this has great potential uh, if it is trained well. Dario, thank you so much for, for your great insight. Another question, um, you mentioned it earlier vaguely, but I wanted to go into more detail. What are some of um, maybe some of the potential ethical concerns that yeah. will arise from, from this technology, in, in your opinion? Yes, so I think uh, with ChatGPT, um, I think there are more concerns because, again, it's public, it's open AI, and... Um, yeah, the point, as I explained in the beginning, <clears throat> the information you feed it with. Uh, 
So depending on uh, how much of your personal information you're also putting in and uh, also of the corporation or anything what is linked to you can have maybe some uh, ethical consequences. Yeah? So imagine you're just a person who is more known in the public, right? So and not just maybe a superstar or so, but maybe a, a smaller politician and so on. These things can have repercussions. Yeah? And what I've seen with the new versions of ChatGPT, so I don't know if this was in four number four or this even five but the next versions um, and they are not yet i think publicly available uh, they will not end with the text they will be also able to show you them pictures they will create you also pictures they will also create your videos they will show you videos so it will go now into into more of these um, um, uh, mediums and and, and social uh, media stuff and um, this can become very quickly um, unethical. Yeah? I imagine one thing, um, if I am able to tell an AI, so this chat GPT, that he can create an almost realistic picture of myself but in a different environment with a different costume and maybe something with a different badge and so on so that is so realistic that i even could print it out and then make my own passport out of it for example okay this this can have definitely um some yeah it i mean i will, wouldn't say no unethical what i would say is it's going to create definitely new laws restrictions and, and kind of things and, and checks yeah, and uh, securities especially. So I, I, I think we are getting more security, digital securities in the future in order that somebody can understand is this now real or not yeah, when it is checking documents and, and, uh, and pictures and these kind of things and, and even camera pictures yeah, or camera videos. Who, who can tell that this is actually an, a real video out of a CCTV? Yeah? Maybe that's just a generated AI video put into the system yeah and this is the thing so here it becomes i think uh, uh, more complicated and um, we will definitely hear more of this to come but now coming back to the corporations um, i think as long as they are not in, in, in including it into their systems yeah, especially into the security systems they just have to take care of the problem that um, yeah the employees are not allowed to use it offline by using company data and I think here, of course, not everybody will follow the rules and um, this will be change management. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks again, Dario. And I think we could carry on this conversation, um, it, you know, go really into the detail of this, um, because I think that this is moving so fast that what you've given everyone there is some real insight into how this is going to work in large corporations and how um, larger businesses, particularly procurement from your background as well, are, are really going to have to think about how they use these tools, um, not just by letting people get on with it, but really think about the implications of how these tools will affect everything. So really interesting stuff. Um, Charlotte, um, Daria, I don't know if you, either of you got any more points to add, but... Um, no, you know, just two cents, yeah. two cents maybe uh, in the end, not, not, not very long. So one thing is... Um, I just recommend every company, doesn't matter which size, because I've seen some very, very small insurance companies, uh, which are even not, let's say, uh, mid-sized ones, but they have a sophisticated AI conversational chatbot in sales. Uh, 
uh, which is leading the customer from the uh, beginning of the conversation until the end of giving a digital signature, which I was totally amazed and astonished. So now linking this to all other companies today who still not started with any kind of AI, bots and so on, I just recommend stop thinking too much about it and, and evaluating things years over years over years with your IT department, just start somewhere. Yeah, because the investment is relatively very, very low compared to the, the return on the investment you can get out. Yeah, and we are to, I can talk here about 30 and raw of 30 plus. And um, the, the other thing is, if you start somewhere, it's not ending there. Yeah? So it can cannot really harm your system. If it's not working out as you want it, okay, shut it off, nothing happened. So, but if it is working and paying out well, then you have the opportunity to connect and start connecting it to anything else you actually want to automate. Yeah? And this can be anything. So there are so vast possibilities. And therefore I'm just saying, seeing too many companies thinking too much about it, they just should start somewhere. Yeah? Otherwise they will not gain any experience at all. Dario, thank you so much for these closing words and for your time and for all your thought leadership during the session and especially to our listeners for joining in once again. Thank you for all your support and we cannot wait to host you during our next podcast again. Thank you, Dario. Thanks, Dario. We'd love to have you back thank on. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Max, for hosting. And uh, yeah, it was a great session. Anytime again. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Have a good day. Thank you. Same to you. Bye. Bye. The Global Business Insights Podcast from PS Learning.